This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. It kills more people in the U.S. than any other cancer. And when it comes to screening, not enough people are getting tested. We're talking about lung cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, it kills more men and women in the U.S. than breast, colon, and prostate cancers combined. Doctors hope new guidelines will change that statistic. Updated recommendations clarify who should get screened for the deadly disease. And there's hope on the horizon relating to detection. Research is underway trying to detect lung cancer in DNA in the blood. Tests that can identify those really low levels of DNA in the blood may be able to tell us that somebody has an early stage lung cancer. While we know lung cancer affects smokers, there's also a growing number of non-smokers who are getting sick too. As someone who has never smoked in her entire life, except for that one time in high school, <laughs> um, it was quite a shock. Plus the toxins in your home that can lead to lung cancer. I was angry that we didn't know. How to fight, detect, and prevent lung cancer. It's all straight ahead on Prescription for Life. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. The new American Cancer Society guidelines now include those 50 to 80 years old who smoke or used to smoke and had a 20 pack year history of smoking, meaning they smoked a pack a day for 20 years or two packs a day for 10 years. The catch is catching this cancer early, which can dramatically improve a patient's outcome and longevity. But the American Lung Association says only about 6% of Americans were screened last year. Doctors note that the quality of treatment has also improved over the years, which they hope will encourage more people to get screened. If you look nationally, we're probably screening somewhere in the single digits of all patients that should be screened. Okay. And if you look at areas like the Denver metro area where we actually do a good job, but nothing to write home about, we're maybe around 20%. And so, um, you know, we definitely have to get that number much higher. Doctors say people often feel stigma around smoking and they don't want to come in for a scan or they think there isn't much to be done if they already have cancer. Many are also often afraid of treatment and side effects. We'll talk to our expert in just a moment about the new blood test to help with detection. But first, our colleagues in Tampa Bay introduce us to a Florida man who knows the importance of early detection. Thought I had a bump on my chest, and so I was like, Doctor said, I don't think it's anything, but we'll take an x-ray just to be sure. A quick scan and a life-changing diagnosis for Jack Sika. And when they said, you know, it was cancer, it was, it was shocking. Stage four lung cancer, told by doctors he had just a year to live. It's such a high death rate because people don't know, because people don't get symptoms until it's about stage four. Fortunately, Sika defied the odds. It has been 12 years since his diagnosis, and today he's cancer-free. Now he encourages others to get scanned. And I've had friends that have got scanned, and, and they find a sense of relief. You're eligible for a lung cancer screening if you're over 50, have smoked at least one pack a day over 20 years, are a current smoker, or have quit within the last 15 years. A terrible problem 
in terms of getting people screened. They're not aware that this is something that should be done. Tampa-based Moffitt Cancer Center estimates roughly a million people in Florida are eligible to be screened right now, but only 2.4% of that group is getting screened. All of those people, theoretically, that million people were screened, you'd find 15,000 new lung cancers. Most all of those would be early stage. As part of their mission to increase screenings, Moffitt plans to unveil mobile screening clinics in the next year. And then once it gets started, the idea is to be able to go out further in the in the uh, in more rural areas. A call to boost screenings and help Floridians survive lung cancer. Get that scan done. And like You're going to feel better about it. Um, you're going to have it on file, and it just may save your life. Hannah Deneen, 10 Tampa Bay. Now here's our Cleveland Clinic expert to talk about symptoms, risk factors, and research on that new blood test. Joining me now is Cleveland Clinic pulmonologist, Dr. Peter Mazzone. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the invitation. So let's start. We want to know all things about lung cancer. Let's start with symptoms. What are the symptoms people need to really pay attention to? Sure. One of the main things to know about lung cancer is when it's very early, when it's just getting started, you may have no symptoms at all. And that makes it hard to detect at that earliest stage. As the cancer grows, some of the more common symptoms include a cough that doesn't have another good explanation that just won't go away, or breathing difficulties. You're short of breath when there isn't a good reason for you to be short of breath. If the cancer grows further, spreads to other parts of the body, then you may get some quite worrisome symptoms, unexplained chest pain, unintentional weight loss, pain in other parts of your body, headaches that you didn't have before coughing up of blood, all of those things would be sure signs that you absolutely need to be seen. When you talk about the cough, is it a productive cough or dry cough or? It can be either. Often it's not productive, it's dry. But if the tumor is growing in a place where it's blocking up a breathing tube, you might get extra mucus developed there that you also cough up. But not infrequently, there's no production at all. Who's most at risk? So I think we all know, and we hear this time and again, if you've smoked cigarettes in your life, your risk of developing lung cancer is higher. Smoking isn't the only risk factor for developing lung cancer. Uh, family history, parents, brothers, and sisters had lung cancer, your risk is a little bit higher. Other exposures, if you handled and worked with asbestos as part of your career, if you're exposed to radon gases in your home, those can also be risk factors. In other parts of the world where uh, biomass fuels are used to heat homes or in cooking, that, uh, that material is also, when you breathe it in, known to be a risk factor for lung cancer. Air pollution, known to be a risk factor for lung cancer. So does gender, does race, does ethnicity, any of that play into this? It's not entirely clear. There are studies that suggest for the exact same amount of cigarette smoking, a woman may have a slightly higher risk than a man. A black person may have a slightly higher risk than a, a white person. Uh, those differences aren't large, but probably exist. How common is lung cancer? Lung cancer is common. In the United States, it's the second most commonly diagnosed cancer in both men and women behind prostate cancer and breast cancer, and the most common cause of death from a cancer 
by far in both men and women exceeds the next three combined. Typically, how long does it take before it's found? Because those symptoms sound so generic. Yeah, it's a great question. Every individual's cancer is a little different and its rate of growth or spread can be quite different. Uh, when you've got a symptom, it's often already a little bit spread. And so uh, the time from then until getting really sick can be rather short. If we can find it early, we might find it at a point where it wouldn't have bothered you for a few years even. You mentioned, we all know smoking is, is a main cause, but for you know 24 states now legalized marijuana and vaping is still a huge um, you know, issue for a lot of people, especially younger people. So do those two things increase your risk of lung cancer? So we, as lung doctors, do worry about any foreign chemical that you're breathing into your lungs hurting you in some way. To date, there isn't strong evidence that either marijuana smoke or vaping causes lung cancer, but uh, time will tell. So there are different types of lung cancer you touched on. Um, if somebody doesn't know, if, if I'm a smoker, should I make it a habit to go get a chest X-ray? Yeah, so what you're describing there is what we call screening for lung cancer. Screening means someone has a risk for getting lung cancer, but they don't have any symptoms yet. So you want to find it real early, do you get a test? There have been a lot of studies looking at tests to screen for lung cancer. There are chest x-ray studies that did not show any benefit to screening for lung cancer. And there are low radiation dose chest CT scan studies that have shown benefit. If you get screened, fewer people will die of lung cancer. This has been standard of care for a well-defined high-risk group for the last eight years or so. I wish more people who were eligible were coming to get those screening scans done because we'd be able to save a lot more lives. What is on the horizon in terms of screening? Yeah, so right now, with the standard of care screening, People who are eligible for screening are in a very uh, well-defined group. Age 50 to 80, you've smoked at least 20 pack years. That means a pack per day for 20 years, for example. And you've been a smoker in the last 15 years. Only around 10% of everybody eligible is coming to get screened. So the first thing on the horizon is really promoting standard of care lung cancer screening lots and lots of room for more people to get what we know is beneficial to them. Down the road, we're hoping to make it even easier for people to get screened for uh, early lung cancer. And so many tests are being developed, such as blood tests, that might be able to tell if somebody has a cancer. Tell me about the blood test. What's unique about it? So the blood tests are really, really uh, fascinating. There's a lot of research and investment going into developing these, recognizing the slow uptake of lung cancer screening. People aren't coming back for their every year scan, uh, scan as often as we'd like to see. We know that cancer cells, like any cells, when they die, they spill a little bit of their DNA into the blood. And the technologies nowadays can detect that little bit of DNA in the blood compared to all the DNA from normal cells and notice differences in it. It may be differences in the size, we call fragment length of that DNA. It may be differences in the genes or in how those genes get signaled. 
tests that can identify those really low levels of DNA in the blood may be able to tell us that somebody has an early stage lung cancer, prompting them to go get a, a CAT scan of their chest and find that cancer before they get sick with it. When will those blood tests be available? It's a, a great question. Uh, I'm very optimistic with what I see happening now that, that these will make it. Uh, over time, the technologies have improved, the level and quality of the studies have improved. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lung cancer screening blood test was available within the next year or two and more to come with even more and more accurate tests available over the next five years plus. Could this be standard of care then when you go in for your annual physical that they would search for you know, the DNA for lung cancer? Yeah, so, so far the blood tests that are being developed for lung cancer are targeting that really high risk group, the group who's already eligible, encouraging them to get their CAT scans with that blood test result. Over time, we hope that the blood tests become accurate enough to open them up to even more individuals, individuals who might not fit that age range or that smoking history and see if we can find even more lung cancers in them. Separately, there are other tests being developed that look for a whole panel of cancers. We call them multi-cancer early detection tests. And over these next several years, their accuracy will improve to the point where what you just said might be reality. You go in for your regular uh, exam, physical, and a blood test can help to tell if you need additional testing. Why does it seem that there are so many people who don't smoke? They're getting lung cancer. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. We talked a little bit about some of the other risk factors, be them family history, other exposures through air pollution or biomass fuel burning. Um, and then there are risks that we just don't quite know yet. In the United States, around 80 to 85% of everybody who gets a lung cancer will have smoked in their life. Over the next 30 to 40 years, as smoking rates decline and keep declining, that percentage will be maybe closer to 50, where half of all lung cancers will be in individuals who've never smoked. That's another reason that expanding access to lung cancer screening through the blood tests that are going to be developed over these next five to 10 years is going to be important because currently the low-dose CT scan is just for those who, who have a smoking history. If lung cancer is discovered, is surgery always the first course of treatment or is there something else that can be done? So the treatment depends a lot on the nature of that cancer, the type of cancer, how far it's spread at the time that it's detected. There are three big treatment buckets. One is surgery, the other is radiation, and the third are medicines. If the lung cancer is found at an early stage, a single spot of cancer, then surgery is the treatment of choice where that branch of the lung is removed and the cancer is removed. If someone's not healthy enough to undergo that surgery, they have other medical problems, bad lung disease, heart disease, then a very focused type of radiation therapy would be used to treat that cancer. If the cancer has traveled within the chest to the nearby lymph nodes, then there's usually a combination of treatments used, medicines and surgery. If the cancer's traveled outside of that one lung, to other parts in the chest or other parts of the body, 
then surgery doesn't really benefit that individual. And so medication treatment is what's used. Is lung cancer typically the reason someone would need a lung transplant or is it more so lung disease? Lung transplant is more often used for other lung diseases, bad emphysema, COPD, scarring diseases of the lung, for example. It would be very, very uncommon for a lung cancer to be treated uh, with a lung transplant. Final thoughts, what would you like people to know? I think what I'd like people to know mostly is that it's a great time of hope for lung cancer. There's always a little bit of fear, stigma related to having smoked cigarettes, perhaps a, a view that lung cancer can't be treated, why do I need to find it? And that's just not the case anymore. There's advances in how we detect it early. There's advances in how we do the surgery for radiation treatment and the medications that are available, not just standard chemotherapies, but th therapies that target changes in your cancer and therapies that make your immune system attack those cancer cells are all available now, leading to much more hope and much better outcomes uh, than in the past. Dr. Mazzone, thank you so much. Great insight. Thank you so much for inviting me. There is a growing number of women and people who've never smoked receiving a lung cancer diagnosis. We turn to Christine Pay in Seattle. Marnie Clark of Pulsbo was in the best shape of her life at age 54. Then in October 2021, she noticed something strange. It was kind of a numb sensation, started working its way up my leg. After a month of doctor's visits, Clark says she got the shock of her life. Come to find out through a series of CT scans that I had a lung tumor that had metastasized to my brain. For the mother of three, none of it made sense. As someone who has never smoked in her entire life, except for that one time in high school, <laughs> um, it was quite a shock. Clark is among the many women who develop lung cancer despite being never smokers. Her case highlights new research published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in October that shows younger women between age 35 to 54 are seeing slightly higher incidence of lung cancer than men in the same age group. Lung cancer in general is a huge public health problem. Dr. Keith Eaton is an oncologist specializing in lung cancer at Fred Hutch. He says the findings don't necessarily mean lung cancer is rising among women, but that the gender ratio has been flipped, notably as overall cigarette smoking rates in the U.S. are down. One of the generalities we had is that men are more affected by lung cancer than women. This was primarily due to, you know, smoking habit. But now that is not true and in fact it's inverted so for people in the know that was interesting it's unclear why but eaton says this is a good opportunity to explain that smoking isn't the only link to lung cancer exposure to secondhand smoke and radon gas could be factors but the vast majority of it is unexplained since ct scan screening for lung cancer is typically for patients with a history of smoking there's really no screening that would be recommended for never smokers. Eaton says paying attention to symptoms can help, something Clark also recommends and to be aware of one thing. You don't have to smoke to, be, to get lung cancer. All you need are lungs. 
Radon is a deadly gas that leaks into homes from the ground, and it's the second leading cause of lung cancer after smoking. A Pennsylvania woman hopes the loss of her husband will encourage others to be more aware of the dangers of radon and how you can potentially save lives by testing for the gas. Ryan Yee shares her story. Brenda English lost her husband nearly 10 years ago from lung cancer caused by exposure to radon, a deadly gas prevalent in the Commonwealth. It's hard to even put into words that kind of grief. It's just soul shattering. English and her husband Frank were married for 15 years until one day everything changed. Frank was getting severe headaches and after a trip to the hospital, he was told he had lung cancer that had spread to his brain and was too late to cure. Frank was diagnosed on October 31st of 2014. He passed away less than two months later at the age of 49. I was just stunned, you know. Um, it's hard to accept news like that and think, we kept thinking there has to be something that can be done. But uh, not long after that, he just got so weak that, you know, we pretty much knew we were gonna lose him. But he fought. I mean, he fought as long as he could. Frank did not smoke and had no other indications he was at risk of cancer. All signs pointed to radon, and after testing their home, it was confirmed. Their home was at a level of 47 picocuries per liter of air. The recommended level by the EPA is four. I was angry that we didn't know. Um, it's apparently somehow new, you know, as you move into new homes, that is supposed to be tested. But he had lived there 10 years before we met. So his exposure to it was longer than mine. Radon is an odorless and colorless gas that can leak into homes from the ground. The deadly gas is the second leading cause of cancer after smoking. And according to the American Lung Association's 2023 State of Lung Cancer Report, Pennsylvania ranks just 39th nationally for radon test results. High levels of radon have been found in every county in the state, and, and therefore everyone should test their homes to find out what their radon level is. Something Brenda is urging people to do. Nobody ever wants to see their family member go through something like this, and it's so easy to prevent. Just everybody should just get tested. And after losing her husband, it's completely changed her outlook on life. It makes you appreciate every day. Um, you don't take those things for granted. I never leave the people that I love without saying I love you because you can never know if that's going to be the last time. Yeah, and my life is just totally different. And she hopes her husband's story can make an impact. He would want his story to be told so that it doesn't happen to other people because he loved people and he, he would do anything he could to avoid somebody going through what, what I've been through and what he went through. Ryan Yee, Fox 43 News. That's all for this episode of Prescription for Life. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Monica Robbins, and I'll be back with another dose next week. Until then, wishing you and yours good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.